so before before we before I get into the message, who's sharing? Are you, is it? It's both of us. Okay, come on, come on, share. Yeah. They got a cool. They they got a really cool story uh, from their small group. They have one like a intervarsity slash summit group. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you, oh, she wants to use that mic. She wants to. Oh. Get you, well, you can. Can you hear me? You don't have to. Yeah. Okay. So uh, on Monday nights at seven fifteen at the Barham Villas, we have a Bible study. It's called Women of God, and we're just kind of like going through all the women of the Bible and different like themes to it. So. We'll just kind of dive into that. And on Monday night, it was, like, really awesome. We had, like, a good, like, group of girls that came out, and we were talking and starting on Eve, and we were just talking about the beginning, and Yara kind of just shared about just the whole, like, relationship and covenant that God brings to us. And then I kind of dived in, went to, like, the fall of humanity, talk about, like, the shame that kind of, like, Eve went through. And so at the end of the study, I kind of did a response at the end with the girls, and I just said, hey, like, for any of you who are experiencing like shame just like Eve did and who kind of like ran away from God like or if you're uh, experiencing like identity and not feeling that God made you into this good thing like if you want a response and bring it to the Lord like raise your hand and it was awesome we actually had like three girls like raise their hand and just in agreement like saying like hey like God like I'm messed up I'm feeling like shameful and all this stuff and so then y'all then like right after that um you know, I just felt it in my heart to do like a um, call to faith. Yeah, a call to faith, and just like you know, like just asking God, like you know, like anybody here who wants to receive like God and wants to receive like the love of God and His like a relationship with God. Because my my part that I was talking about on Monday night was like relationship, how to have a relationship with God, and how um, before Eve came into the picture, Adam had that relationship and all stuff. So, and then the one of the girls who raised their hands for Lauren's response raised her hand again. So yeah, it was just an awesome mm-hmm. night, you know. Everyone was so open hearted. Like, say someone accepted Jesus for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. And then afterwards we kinda just did um like a response and declaration of prayer afterwards and just kinda like rebuking the lies that they felt and then afterwards we declared the truth of God and it was awesome. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah! <laughs> I love it, man. They told me that the other day, and I was like, dude, you guys, that's amazing, man. I'm so proud of you. Like, like pre- pretty much, like, the, like people are getting set free from shame. And if you've ever dealt with shame, you know how, how amazing that is to be free from shame. Like, yeah. like, you know, like, oh, my gosh, that thing got lifted off. And then for someone to accept Jesus, like, come on, that's, like, that's why we're here, man. Like, people, someone moved from darkness into light. Like, they moved from death to life. They're, like, going, like, they're going to heaven now. Praise the Lord. Like, come on, somebody. That's amazing. Uh, we were on campus today. Uh, we we went on campus today, and um, we 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 have this. So just as a reminder, every Thursday we're on campus at U Hour, twelve to one, and uh, we have a sign that says "Free Encouragement." Everyone say "Free Encouragement." Free encouragement. So we went on there, uh, and then we just we have the sign out, and and Denise and Lauren and y'all were just out there. And let me just tell you, it was blazingly hot today. It was so hot. <laughs> And I didn't bring a canopy, so I was just baking in the sun, you know. But we're sitting there, I'm playing worship songs, and so people are walking by. And as people walk walking by, we're like, hey, you, can we give you a free encouragement? They're like, okay. They walk over, and then Lauren just starts prophesying over these girls. And, like, this girl's like, oh, my gosh, that's so sweet. They're, like, hugging, you know, doing this thing. And it's, like, it was amazing. And this other girl came out, and, and uh, so she gave her a word about her identity and stuff. And then I just felt like something about her family. So I said, hey, and God's going to work in your family. And I see him doing something with your brother and your, and your parents. And he's like, oh, my, how did you know about my brother? You know, and like, and she was so, like, flabbergasted because the Lord wow. just began reading her mail. And then we started talking to her about her dreams and, like, actual dreams that she has at night. And, and it was amazing. Like, it was so crazy. This girl was flabbergasted. Can I use that word? That's it. And, uh. And so, man, we, we actually got to not just say regular encouragement, but it was supernatural encouragement. And yeah. we're just sitting there on the corner. Hey, can we offer you free encouragement? And we're prophesying to people all over the place right there on the campus. There's a move of God happening. So it's so exciting. Yeah. Wow. And so I want to encourage you guys, if you're ever out there, we're there every, you know, every Thursday at 12 to 1. So, uh, man, it's exciting. It, turn your Bible to John chapter 4. We're going we're gonna to look at a story. Maybe we're, we're talking about the women of the Bible apparently tonight. So we're going, hey. hey. <laughs> 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 
This is the first revivalist who won a city for Jesus. I don't believe in women in ministry. Well, you don't believe in some of the Bible, homie. <laughs> so the power tonight, we're, we're talking about this. And uh, man, we're, we've been in a series on the goodness of God. Emily has been sharing. Emily shared that last the message last week. She, she's right in front of me. Like, where is she? <laughs> and it was so good, man. Did you guys get blessed last week? Dude, I was encouraged. And even as we had a little time to respond to the Lord, like the Lord was just showing me some things. And I was just so encouraged, man. So we're talking about the goodness of God. And, and uh, I just want to just, just pray as we get into the word today. God, I thank you for what you've already been doing. There's like so much encouragement happening around this room tonight, even in those groups earlier and, and all the things that you're doing. So. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here in our midst. We thank you that you love everyone so much. And God, we thank you that your, your love and, and God, not only your love for us, but the, the love you have for the world. You said that you so love the world. And God, I thank you that you would put in us a heart to love the world around us, Lord. Yeah. That we, we would uh, get outside of what we know is comfortable and inside of our, our, you know, let's say like a Christian bubble. But God, we could get outside of those things and see the world that you died for. And, and I thank you that we'd be representations of your goodness all over the earth in Jesus name. Amen. 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 So this is, we're talking about the goodness of God tonight. We're kind of talking about the power of your story. Uh, you know, kind of, because there's other things we're going to get to as well, but we'll land on that part at the end of the story. But the world has got to know the goodness of God. Yeah. The world has got to know that God is good. <laughs> they, yeah. he's, he, they have to know it, man. They have to know, like, the heart of evangelism, and that's kind of really the heart of this message, the heart of evangelism is getting the word out there on the goodness of God. Yeah. Because there's a, lot of, there's a lot of weird stories out there about God. You know, we sing that Good, Good Father song, I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like you know because there literally is thousands of stories out there of what people think god is like but how many understand like the people who've encountered god the people who have a relationship with god they really know the goodness of god yeah. we can actually bring his goodness out there that the people have got to know that there is a god who knows them who sees them and who loves them they, they just got to know that this is going on and and that's what happened today we're sitting there and this catholic girl comes up and i just say hey this is what's going on in your family and she's like how did you know that and i just said it's the holy spirit God is talking to you today. And in, the, in that moment, it wasn't about a cool testimony. It was about God making himself real to this young girl and letting her know that he knows her and he knows the situations that are going on in her family. This is what the message has to get out there, that God is actually good and he loves people with, with all kinds of goodness in his heart. And I, I can't sit here and have a theological debate on why uh, natural disasters happen and, and why bad things happen to good people. All I know is that I'm, I'm called to be a representation of God's goodness. And that's the same thing for everyone in the room today and so we're looking at john chapter four i'm just gonna just read straight up out of this bible in my hand straight up john chapter four here we go therefore when the lord knew that the pharisees had uh heard that jesus made uh and baptized more disciples than john Though Jesus himself did not baptize, but it was his disciples. How many know good leaders delegated? Come on. Verse 3, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But, but verse 4 says he needed to go through Samaria, or he had to go. Everyone say need. This is, this is crazy part. He needed to go through Samaria. Why do you think he needed to go? Because there was a divine appointment. There was someone he was about to talk to. It wasn't just like, oh, you know, we ha we, this is why we had to go. Because No, no, no. It, he had to go because there was someone there that God had a, a, an appointment for. And so he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave his son Joseph. And now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. Uh, it was about the sixth hour. And so some scholars believe it's about, mid, about uh, midday noon. Uh, a woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. And so... Uh, his, his, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then a woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Or one translation says, Jews do not associate with Samaritans. And so in this culture, uh, it, some of you guys know this story, but just, just, just go with this for a second here. 
she, she's basically saying, like, why are you asking me? Why are, we, why are we having communication? Jewish people didn't associate with Samaritans. So ultimately, it was kind of a, a, a racial prejudice kind of issue going on. How many all understand that's still happening in our nation today? This is real stuff. The Bible is relevant, more relevant than tomorrow's newspaper. And so they, they, they have this thing going on. There is, there is a racial prejudice going on. And then it's a, a Jewish man talking to a Samaritan woman. Now, this was huge, too, because not only was this, like, kind of out side of the religious culture but now now it's a jewish man talking to a samaritan woman and as we follow through the story we'll know that she's kind of promiscuous you know she she has a history of sexual morality and all this kind of stuff and so even her even jesus asking her give me a drink and this whole thing where uh, you'll we'll see this a little bit later but she could actually be perceiving that he's flirting with her and so there's this, there, Jesus is breaking some crazy barriers right here. And here, and, and so what we have to realize is that, you know, sometimes, you know, this scripture said that Jews, you know, he's telling us what's happening in that day. He said Jews do not associate with Samaritans. But how many of you know, sometimes people can say Christians don't associate with, and you can fill in the blank. I'd be like, oh, Christians don't associate with homosexuals or Christians don't, uh, you know, uh, associate with Muslims or Christians don't associate with partiers and Christians don't associate with bad people. And we could fill in the blank right there. But how many all know that the truth is Jesus came for the whole world? Yeah. He, he came for all of the people that we thought were in this like uh, untouchable box. You know, sometimes we we put a box out there and I don't know what's inside of your box, but sometimes when they, you know, they can look dangerous, they can look thug, they can look gangster. We're like, oh, I'm going to leave that for somebody else to talk to them about Jesus, you know, or, or some, some person is, is expressing their homosexuality in a way that might be offensive to you, but how many all realize that Jesus actually came for them too? It wasn't just for the people who are good people, you know what I mean? Like, cause that would be pointless. <laughs> And, and it's not just like, oh, well, they're Muslims. They don't believe like us. Jesus came for them, too. All, all these things and the, or the people, you know, like I was hanging out a couple nights ago or like a, I think it was last one of the Fridays, whatever. I can't. Everything blurs together. But like we're, there's some dude skating out there. So I'm like, dude, I used to skate. I was sponsored. Let me go over there. Let me weave my testimony in there. And I hung out with these dudes who were skating over there. And I talked to them for like the, until two in the morning. We talked. We shared stories. We, we shared testimonies. We shared. I shared my story and all this stuff. And it was it was so fun but you know there was dudes walking by that were like let me just use the word they were faded they were like faded to the max dude like these like I, you know they they were on they weren't they were on like probably five different substances like this dude walks out the dorms and he's like what's up what's up man How's it what's up and people are walking by their whole cars like hot box with people smoking weed in their car and all how many don't realize in that moment i could be like oh my gosh get away from me i am holy you know like they what if they saw the pastor of the summit church hanging out where they're smoking weed in the hot box in the car and there's like clouds coming out of the car and he's hanging out there they might think he's smoking with them like whatever you know like i in the reality is that sometimes we we segregate and we separate so much but i made some good friends man we're you know like i i made some good friends <laughs> and they were the they were so respectful they they I you know I asked them I said hey you guys accepted Jesus You're like oh we're not ready for that yet or whatever so I'm like okay cool but they they how many all know they heard yeah. they didn't do, I didn't just preach at them we had conversations we told stories we I told them why I got saved why I follow Jesus now because I was in the same boat they were 15 years ago I was doing the same things that they were doing. Yeah. But I made some friends. And so sometimes, just in that simple passage, it said Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Sometimes we get in the same religious box and we don't associate with people who aren't like us. Come on. And then we wonder why it's still dark outside. (laughs) Y'all know what I mean. Come on. We're the light of the world, but we all hide somewhere sometimes with other lights. And, and, and it gets really light where the light is, and it gets really dark where the dark is. But the reality is that the light should be going into the dark place yeah. and making friends with the people who are in there. Not make friends with the darkness, but friends with the people who are in the darkness. Yeah. And, and this is Jesus coming in and blowing up people's boxes of what they thought could be religiously possible. He broke all the religious barriers. He loved the Samaritans. He, he spoke with a promiscuous woman, and, and his heart was pure. Like, he, he spent time with sinners, and he didn't just hang out with the good religious people. He, and, and, and this is crazy. What I love about Jesus is he wasn't just going around philosophizing everywhere. You know what I mean? Like, he, is that a word? Philosophize. Yeah. Like, he wasn't just philosophizing everywhere he went. He was 
actually demonstrating love and he was actually demonstrating power. He was actually representing God. You know, sometimes we can go around and, and just do good deeds, but how many of y'all realize when you throw Jesus in the mix of it, it, it creates a line in the sand. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, okay, now I know where you're coming from. And, and even today, we've had experiences today where I'm like, I start, you know, we're like, hey, you want some free encouragement? This dude comes over and this Native American dude from Arizona, because we're talking, we're having conversations with him. And then as soon as I start saying, hey, we're from the church and we just believe God loves you or whatever, we want to share encouragement. All right, cool, I got to go to class now. You know, like right away. You know, like, hey. If you're thirsty, you can have a drink. If you ain't thirsty, cool. You know, like whatever. And so, like, but the point is, is that we're not just here philosophizing. We're here demonstrating the goodness of God. We're here breaking down barriers. We, we, you know, you've heard this before, but we went into the LGBTQ room in the USU and we shared the love of Jesus. We, we went in there and represented God's goodness, not because we're trying to just like, oh, we have to convert everybody, but we, because we represent God. And we had to go in there and tell him, hey, the dude who was preaching yeah. hellfire and brimstone and hating on you guys uh, last week, we just want to apologize for that. And we went in there representing goodness because we weren't afraid to cross the line into a place that may be offensive to my belief system. Yeah. All right, are you with me on this? Jesus came for the whole world, and he came in an unexpected way. Like, the reason why a lot of people miss Jesus is because he came in a way that they weren't expecting him to come. And sometimes we miss Jesus because he didn't come how we wanted him to come. He didn't come how we grew up. You know, we thought, you know, we grew up, we had a certain way, and he came differently. And I want to encourage you that you can actually be that person to somebody. You, you, can, you can actually come in a, in a brand new way. And for some, some people missed him and some people received him. But what I'm trying to say is that you can actually come and blow up the boxes of what we thought was possible in, 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 in evangelism and reaching out to people. Are you with me on this so far? And so uh, we, we stopped there at verse 9, but we're going to keep going here. Uh, verse 9, you know, he said, how is it that you're talking with me? Verse 10, Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Jesus, watch this, changes the conversation now to spiritual things. But the woman wasn't totally tracking. Verse 11, the woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? But th- how many of y'all know she, Jesus, she just got set up for like an encounter right here. He's like, hmm, how did you do that? You know, like, well, let me tell you. He said, are you greater than, uh, are you greater than Jacob, our father, who, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, here he just drops the bomb on her right here. Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Oh, he's, he's using this well analogy to say, when you believe in me and you, if you're thirsty, you can drink of the thing that I'm giving you. You believe in me. Watch your whole life is going to change. And there's going to be life that's inside of you springing up and everlasting life is relationship with God. So the woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. How many know that's like an evangelist dream when they ask you for it? You know, they're like, what must I do to be saved? You're like, well, I've been waiting for this whole time. You know, you're like... This is what she's saying. And by the way, here's, here's something I've been thinking about. Uh, I, I, I started realizing in the Bible when they did altar calls, uh, it was actually not the evangelist asking them to be saved, but it was actually the, actually the people asking the evangelist, how can I get saved? Wow. I don't know if you've seen that in the Bible. Like Acts chapter 2, you know, the famous day, the Holy Spirit comes, 120 people, the whole deal. Did you know that Peter wasn't asking them if they wanted to accept Jesus? Yeah. It was actually them saying, what must we do to be saved? And he's like, booyah. And he goes to, you know, and they all get, <laughs> that's the, that, that's a different translation. This might be in the Greek. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but this is what happened though. Like, so in Acts 10, the same thing happens again. Peter goes to this guy named Cornelius' house. He preaches them a good message about Jesus and forgiveness of sins and all this stuff. And before he even finishes his message, the Holy Spirit falls on everybody. They all start speaking in tongues and praising God. And he's like, um, I, I think we should baptize them in water. Because like, they all got saved before he could even ask them if they wanted to get saved. How many of this, this is when God's on the move. When you don't have to ask people, they're asking you. That, that's good. Man. That's how you know you're doing a good job when they start asking you. <laughs> you know, like, we, we're, like just, I think it was last Thursday, when we're, not, not today, but last Thursday, people were coming up to us asking us, hey, where do you, where do you, guys, are you, where do you guys go to church? Like, where are you from? What you? They're asking us about it. And we're like, oh, cool. You know, even, uh, I think that was today, or, I don't know, dude, the stories 
blur together. Do you remember Yara? I don't know. It was last week the three girls came up. Anyway, the point is, is that it's good news when they're asking you. And so verse 16, this is Jesus. It gets real, though. Jesus says, go. She says, okay, so she says, sir, give me this water that I'm out thirst. Uh, and then he says, go, call your husband and come here. So the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Now, some scholars actually believe that she's actually saying that as a flirtatious remark back to Jesus. Like, oh, no, actually, I'm, I'm available. For, and I'm telling you this, I'm, this is like for real Bible background commentary. You can read that. It's actually, uh, some scholars actually, uh, because, follow the story here. Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. Yeah, you spoke truly. And so, so now the woman knows, oh, okay, he ain't flirting with me. She said, <laughs> she said the, the woman said to him, oh, sir, I perceive you're a prophet. So Jesus, so this is the deal. The reason why the scholars believe that she might be flirting with Jesus is because he's a single guy coming to her at, the, at, a, at a time when no one comes to the fountain. And, and, and so she's talking, and, and he asked her to give her a drink. He's starting to strike up this conversation. Because she has a promiscuous background, some scholars actually believe that she's like, oh, hey, I'm actually available. And, and then Jesus just turns the whole entire thing with such purity in his heart. And he just says, actually, here's the truth about your life. He actually starts revealing to her the secrets of her life. And she says, sir, I perceive you're a prophet. Here's the crazy part. Coming to Jesus, you're going to have to deal with sin. You have to start dealing with your stuff. Oh, that's the part no one likes to say amen on. But But the reality is you come in contact with this kind of God. And all of a sudden you come also in contact with your depravity. You come in contact with his holiness and this pristine God who knows all the details about your life, and you're like, oh, okay, oh, and you're like, hey, actually, I'm sorry, you know, you start, you know, it's kind of the deal, like, when you go into places, you know, and they know you're born again, or they know you're a Christian, or whatever, you go in there, and they're, like, cussing up a storm, you walk in, and they're like, oh, hey, I'm sorry, can you guys stop saying that around, he's a man of the cloth, you know, like, like, I literally have had someone say that about me, I don't like, I don't even know what that means, but, yeah, whatever. They start apologizing for their sin in front of you without you even doing anything. It, why does that happen? Because when you encounter Jesus, all of a sudden you get an awareness of His holiness and you also get an awareness of your depravity. And you have to start dealing with that. It's hard to be in the presence of people who are living right and you're living not right. And it's hard to be in their presence and stay that way. And that's also why some people don't come to church sometimes. And, I, and that could be a good thing, that could be a bad thing. But sometimes people don't come to church because they actually feel the weight of their sin on their shoulders. Yeah. And they're like, dang, dude, there's a group of people who actually are going hard for this. Like, I don't know if I'm ready for that. Yeah. That's too intense. They go too hard. You know, like, you know. And I'm telling you, that's what happens sometimes. But this is the reality. When you, when you meet Jesus, you have to either forsake your, your, your old ways or you, you just turn away and keep going back into it. Or you can play the hypocrite game and try to do both. But obviously, we all know that doesn't work. <laughs> hey, it's going to hurt. And so here's the deal. Coming to Jesus, you've got to deal with some stuff. And this is what, this is what happened with the woman at the well. And, and what I love about Jesus is he does it so lovingly and he does it so compassionately. that he, he Check this out. He gives her this word of knowledge, reveals some pretty heavy details to her about her life, and she gets really known by God. And, and what I love about this is that he knows this kind of stuff about her life, but he doesn't run away from her. Oh, that's so good, man. He knows about her promiscuous past, but he does not run away from her. He's not intimidated by her sins. He actually knew that about her, yet he still initiated conversation with her. He's, he ha- remember, remember, we read this in the verse in the beginning. He needed to go through Samaria. Why did he have to go? Because there was an appointment with the woman at the well. And he knew about her, her sin. But what I love about Jesus is that he knew about the details of her sin, but he stayed there and loved her right through it. And this is the goodness of God. This is the message that the world needs to know that we need to bring to the world to say there's mercy. There's mercy. It doesn't matter what you've done. You can just come. You can just come to Jesus because he loves you just the way that you are. Oh, and, he, and it's the goodness of God. This is why the supernatural. This is, this is why. Because we actually get to love people through the prophecies that we give. Ah! And there's my Bible. We get to love people through the healings. That, th- this is the deal. Miracles are avenues through which the love of God travels to men. And women for that matter. 
Miracles are avenues through which the love of God travels to men. Thanks. Miracles, this is why. It's not just like, it's not just like hey, you know, I got to do this thing and, and because the leader of the church told me we should pray for you to be healed. Like, no, no. It's actually an avenue through which people experience the love of God. Like even just downstairs, right before this night, there were some people walking into fire and glory. And uh, this lady comes up to me, has this paper of, I think it was her like, her brother. son-in-law, brother? brother? It was like a brother-in-law or something like that. Who's in a coma, he got in a car accident, he's in a coma right now. And last night was so crazy, they started, uh, uh, they started praying for another dude who was in a coma. But she took that, hijacked the Lord to pray for the other dude. And the dude, while, he was, while they were praying, the dude was, was in his coma. But he started going up like this. And his body started jerking like he was trying to wake up out of the coma. Wow. And it's so crazy to me. And, and so, why, why is that important? Because can you imagine what it would be like to be in that situation? And God does a miracle for you and you wake up out of the coma? That's not just a cool story to tell. That, that's the love of God getting to your heart right there. That, you know what I'm saying? Like, like that girl who got healed of Lyme's disease through the live stream on Fire and Glory. Like she was all the way in Connecticut. They prayed for her through the cameras. The girl received it. And Lyme's disease was completely healed through the video. Like I don't even understand that. But that's how it happened, man. Like when we were in Canada, I was in Canada the second week in August with Jeremy, and we were we were leading. I was leading worship at this conference, and he was preaching. And this girl had, I think it was was brain, bone, and lung cancer, stage four. She she feels pain leave her body uh, in the meeting. So the next day she goes to the doctor and gets checked out, and there's no trace of cancer in her body, no more. That's the love of God coming to somebody. And because of that, they started, uh, they started doing revival meetings there. So they, when we were there, they haven't stopped since the second week of August because what God did with the miracle of the healing cancer. This, this, miracles are an avenue through which people get loved on. And, and so we love people through healing. We love people through prophetic. We love people because in those moments, they feel loved by God. They feel known. They feel seen. They feel embraced. Like some of you guys were here when Sean Bowles was here a few weeks ago. And the, the words of knowledge that he called out and, 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 you know, oh my gosh, it was so crazy. He called out Matt and Annie, you know, he, he called out their home address, you know, all these things. And, yeah, it was so, and he called out their home address, told them that they were on a project about waves crashing or something like that. Like, and that's the name of our CD that just came out. And, and, uh, and they, they felt so known and so loved. Even Pastor Dale and Teresa got a word about their son. And he called out the name of the son that they've been praying for. And it's so wild. And they were just weeping, breaking down, going like, oh my gosh. God has seen and heard my prayers and my fasting and crying out to him. And the love of God comes. So when we go to that girl on campus and say, God's doing a reconciliation with your brother and your parents. I see that she, she, her eyes widen up. How did you know my brother? Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I don't know him, but God knows him. And they feel so known and so loved by God. This is what happened to the woman at the well, man. They, 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 she gets known by God. And, and now I have to find my place again in the scripture because I dropped my Bible. This is what happens though. Sir, I perceive you're a prophet. Verse 2. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain. And you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. And so he said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you uh, will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You will worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. And so she's kind of doing a little detour because she's like, oh my gosh, he's exposing me. So she kind of did a little detour and some theological stuff. But Jesus just, just preaches to her about worship. The hour is coming now and now is when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit. Those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And look what she says in verse 25. She says, I know when, when Messiah, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. In other words, she had a mindset that Jesus would be a revealer of secrets and, and, and help understand all this stuff. And then Jesus drops on her and says, I who speak to you am he. And in the Greek, in the original language, he's saying, I am the I am. That's what he's saying to her. It's crazy, man. And so th- this is like, oh, man. Verse 27. And at this point, his disciples came and they marveled that he talked with a woman. See, because he's breaking boxes right there. Yet no one said, what do you see, girl? Why are you talking with her? The woman uh, then left her water pot, went her way into the city. Now, here's a, here's a little side note. She actually left her jar, her water jar. She, she left it, which, which kind of gives me a sign that she started drinking of the living water because she didn't need to fill up the regular water pot anymore. She started believing in Jesus and her thirst started getting quenched. She's like, I don't need this thing anymore. I got to go. 
And, and so, man, she got touched by God. And so this is what it says. She left, she, she left her water jar. The woman went back in the town, said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Woo! You know when you get touched, you even start exaggerating the story. You know what I'm saying? She didn't. Help me on know, like, he just told her, like, a couple details about her life. It wasn't every single thing, but she got so touched. She's like, ah, he told me everything. Could this be the Christ? And look at verse 30. They came out of the town and made their way toward him. The whole city got touched because one person told her story. Oh, my God. This is revival. We, we, this is revival when, when one person tells their story because they, they got a genuine touch of God. They actually encountered the love of Jesus. And they just tell somebody about it. And they just tell the story to a few people. She probably had a reputation in her town too, by the way. And she comes back and just says, hey, wait, wait, wait. This guy knows who I am and he loves me anyway. You guys got to see this guy. And the Bible says that they came out of the town and made their way toward him. We're going to get back to that in a second. But look at verse... Uh, let's, we'll just keep going. Uh, verse 31. In the meantime, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Jesus getting all mystical on them right there. It's good, man. <clears throat> Therefore the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him anything to eat? Like, wait, how does he got food? How many of y'all know, like, when you... This is what he says right here. Jesus said to him, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Let me, just, let me just make a suggestion here that sometimes we feel, I'm going to say spiritually malnourished. We're gonna, sometimes we feel kind of dry. Sometimes we feel empty inside. But if we would actually just get out of our comfort zone and start doing the works of Christ, even though we don't feel it, you will actually feel a sense of fulfillment that you could never get by sitting on your couch. That was a really good word right there. Sometimes, we, sometimes we're like, man, I need someone to pray for me. I need someone to do something for me. I need to read more. I need to pray more. I need to watch this podcast video thing. I need to listen to this. I need to go to this meeting, all this kind of stuff. But the reality is, if you actually just do the works of Christ, you'll get refreshed. Yeah. Sometimes we, we feel like we need someone to serve us. But when you serve others, you actually get back more than what you're giving. Wow. It's the reality, man. But like, and people, even the world has caught on to this. When you're like, you feel like, I feel depressed. Well, go do something good for somebody else. It'll make you feel better. You ever heard that before? Yeah. You know that came from the Bible, right? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, how does Jesus look so refreshed right now? Did someone give him food? No, he was just doing the Father's work. <laughs> he was just loving somebody. And, and, and by the way, Jesus was tired. The Bible said he was weary from his journey. He was actually tired. How many of y'all know, like, sometimes when you're tired, you don't feel like evangelizing at all. Be like, hey, can you pray for me? No, have Dominic pray. <laughs> you're like, hey, can you, can, you know. <laughs> They're like, hey, can you tell me the way to get saved? You're like, nah, Bree can tell you. I got to do so. I'm tired right now. Let me go watch the movie. You know, I'm going to go Netflix binge right now. I'm too tired to preach the gospel. Right? You know, like, sometimes we do that sometimes. <laughs> And Jesus, they're like, man, Jesus must be refreshed. Jesus must be having something good going on in his life right now. What happened? What is going on? Did someone give him some food? You know, this is, this is hypothetically, you know, like looking into the story. And the only thing that Jesus said was, actually, I get nourished by just doing what the Father put out for me to do. Oh, I can't even tell you. Like, it's so encouraging. My whole day was made when that girl got touched by the word of prophecy this, this afternoon. My whole day was better because of that. Like, it was hot. I think I got sunburned. I think I got heat fatigue. I think I got... <laughs> Is that a thing? Is that something? I don't know. Maybe. I feel like I got jacked up, you know? Like, people rejected me. I'd be like, hey! You want a free encouragement? No, I got to go to class. <laughs> like, I'm trying to give you a free encouragement, you know. And then just that one moment, man, when someone gets touched by God's love, and we pray for her, and she got touched. I'm like, oh, this makes my day. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Wow. Are you still there? Are you guys good? Yeah. Come on, man. This, we're, this, is, this is good. This is sharing the goodness of God. And the, verse 35, this is where it gets crazy real. He says, do you not say... There are still four months and then the harvest. He says, I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They're ripe for harvest. What is he saying? 
the, the town, remember, the town is actually coming out to go yeah. see Jesus. <laughs> so he's actually seeing, that G- the disciples are like, hey, what's going on? And they're talking, this whole thing. They said, guys, did you not, do you not always say four months more and then the harvest comes? Hey, guys, look right there. Open your eyes. The harvest is ripe. These dudes are coming to me right now. And, he, and he's like trying to encourage them, the people. And he's like, check it out, guys. Now is the time. People are ripe for salvation. It's their time for salvation. They are about to encounter me right now. It's not four months more. It's now. Everyone say now. now. I remember one year, this is 2010, we go to the Philippines to go on a missions trip. And, and Pastor Jojo was here literally about four months before we went to the Philippines. And uh, Pastor Jojo is one of the connections that we have in the Philippines. He's, he's kind of an overseer over churches over there. And so he comes here and ministers to us. And, and uh, anyway, I was sitting like right around this section. And he, we were doing a meeting in this room. It was like a missions meeting with him. And uh, I, he's like, so are you guys ready with your skits? Because we do music and we do skits there and all this stuff. Is you guys ready for it? And this is me, super casual. Didn't know I was about to get rebuked. And I said, I said, no, I'm good. I mean, we got, we, it's like, it's not till like July, you know what I mean? We don't have to worry about it, you know. And, and he literally quotes this verse to me. And he says, hey, it's not four months. It's now, man. Like, what, you got to get ready now. And he like kindly rebuked me, you know. He's like, he's like, hey, it's not like, oh, yeah. Four, and it was literally four months from there we were going to the Philippines. Oh I just, it, and he's a prophet too. So it was like, oh, this is great. Thank you, Jesus. He's like. Uh, why? He's like, you know, that's like what the Bible said. It's not like four months more and then the harvest. He's like, dude, you got to get ready now, man. Right. And I was like, oh, point taken. And like it was, it was some, this is what we do sometimes. Sometimes we push out harvest time somewhere way out in the future. Right. And we say like, oh, the good things are going to happen way out there. The promises are coming to pass way out there. Revival's coming way out there. And somewhere, somewhere out in the distant future, God's about to do something. Wow. <laughs> and, and Jesus is like, uh, it's right now. It's yeah. right now. And sometimes yeah. we go like, oh, well, when I'm better, you know, when I'm a better Christian or when I'm more knowledgeable or when I'm more anointed or when I'm more holy or when I'm more equipped, I need to go to a few more classes. I need to read a few more books or when I'm more on fire for God, I'm kind of like semi on fire for God, like on a scale to one to burning. I'm about three. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not really what they would call a burning one right now. I'm kind of more like a cinch. You know what I'm saying? I'm not really kind of like a little singe, you know, I, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, I, and, and sometimes, sometimes we do that, we're like, oh, well, you know, that's not me, you know, like, I'm not really that kind of person, like, I, I've got to deal with some stuff, but the reality is, if you do the work of God now, you'll actually feel the results, and you'll actually be more refreshed now than you would by sitting on your couch waiting for something good to happen to your life. I'm telling you the truth. I know this by experience. I'm telling you. I'm telling you this. I'll tell you this. Every single time I go out to do outreach, whether it's on a Thursday or on the Saturday events that we've done, every single time I have a reason why I shouldn't go there. Because I get in some argument. I get in some frustration. Somebody does something that bugs the crap out of me or whatever it is. And I have a... Can I say that? I don't know. Uh, sometimes I have those moments or, or I just, I, you know, the, the shame thing or whatever it is, the devil's going to whisper lies in my head. And then I feel disqualified. And I'm like, ah. Oh. And you know what I do? I just do it anyway. And once the ice breaks, dude, oh my gosh, dude, like on Saturday, we were praying for the people at Mr. Taco and like the lady who serves our food. And I was like, hey, can we pray for you? And it was so fun, man. Like, she's like, can you pray for my mom? She's in the hospital right now. We're like, yes, we'll pray for you and this whole thing. And it was awesome because I got out of my little, my little funk, you know, and my own like, oh, I wait, I got to wait till I feel more clean. I got to wait till I feel more righteous. I got to wait till I feel like actually like I know what I'm doing. Like, dude, I don't know what I'm doing, man. I just learn as I go, you know? It's like trying to explain a board game before you play with all your friends. <laughs> are we playing house rules? Are we playing your rules? Or what are we doing here? Like, because I heard about you way you play Monopoly and it's crazy. Oh, 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 I heard how you do that Monopoly game. I, it's true. It's like World War Three up in there, you know. Like I know, so I just gotta clarify. But how many of you know? Like when you sometimes you take like thirty minutes explaining the rules before the game, and by the thirty minutes is up, no one wants to play the game anymore. That's me. And then what do we usually do? We say, "All right, you'll get it. You'll get it. Just watch us go through it. One more. Just watch us. Watch us as we do it." Right? Can I just say, like, that's how evangelism is? Like, stop trying to figure out all the rules and stop trying to be perfect for it, and just do it and watch as it works everywhere you go. Say, "Amen." Amen. Sometimes, man, we. 
<laughs> We're like, oh, well, when people actually want it, that's when I'll do it. Whoa. <laughs> when revival actually hits. Whenever that is. You are revival. You are the wave that's coming on to the shore. You're the tidal wave. Come on. And the reality is, is that some people want it and some people don't. And we can't get hung up on the people who don't. The Bible says this. You can write this down. Revelation twenty two seventeen. Revelation twenty two seventeen. It says, The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And let him who hears say, Come. Whoever is thirsty. Everyone say, Thirsty. thirsty. Whoever is thirsty, let him come. And whoever wishes, let him take of the free gift of the water of life. You just can't get shut down by the people who aren't thirsty. They just don't know they're thirsty yet. Oh. Some people are like, I gotta go. No, no, no. Because they think I'm trying to sell them something. I'm like, bro, I'm just trying to give you free encouragement. You're awesome! You know, like, as they're walking away. <laughs> but it says, whoever's thirsty. So some people, they'll shut you down. But I'm just throwing seeds out anyway, man. I just love people anyway. I love people at Panda Express. I love people at In and Out. You know, I love people at Chick Fil A, Jersey Mike's. Come on, man. Yeah, I know, huh? Hey, that's where I go, man. That's how I roll. Write this. Write this verse down. Second Corinthians six two. For God says, 2 Corinthians 6, 2, God says, At just the right time I heard you. On the day of salvation I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 2. Today, today is the day of salvation. It could be someone's day to get saved tonight. It could be someone's day to get saved when you go to that fresh Mexican place over by the movie theaters. You know what I'm saying? Because it's the only place that's open 24 hours that's good. You know what I mean? That you don't feel like you can get cockroaches scurrying across the floor when you order your food. I've seen that happen. I'm not naming names, but there's a place around here that no had risk, that. No risk, no reward. No, no risk. He said, he said no risk, no reward. Okay, that's fine. You're like, that was more crunchier than I thought, dude. I thought... I don't even know what verse we're in. What verse are we in, dude? We're... No, no. Well, we're still in John 4. I just didn't finish the story yet. We did 35. Jesus, help me. I keep closing my Bible. I don't know why. Maybe the Lord's trying to tell me something. Verse 36. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labors. Verse 39. Here's where we're going to land it. Watch this. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. They actually put their faith in Jesus because of a testimony. That's, that's crazy right there. That's risk and that's faith when you actually lean and trust and rely on Jesus based on someone else's encounter. That's crazy, man. And look at what it says. Verse 40. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with him, and he stayed there two days. Verse 41. This is, oh, this is so good. And many more believed because of his own word. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe, not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Notice he didn't just say the Savior of Israel, the Savior of the world, because they they got the memo that Jesus didn't just come for Israel, Jesus came for the world. Are you with me on this? A revival started because someone told their story of encountering Jesus. Her testimony drew people in to come to Jesus. This is the key. The testimonies draw people in to meet Jesus for themselves. They they put faith in Jesus because they heard about what what Jesus did for her. But then it went to a whole other level because they heard Jesus' words from his own mouth. And like, oh my gosh, this this is the Savior. This is the Savior. We believe. And a revival broke out in a city. The, the, the testimony is an invitation. The testimony is a provoking. How many of us have had that before? Where you hear someone else tell a story, like, dude, I want my own story. Yeah. Like, what the heck, man? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, you can't be the only one that gets that story. Right? Like, you can't be the only one that encounters God. Like, I want to know that. Yeah. And this is what good, this, this is what, what revivalists do. They tell their story and then they say, come. Mm-hmm. They say, hey, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. 
Come, come, come to this Jesus who rescued me out of fear and shame. Come to this Jesus who, you know, when I got in a car accident and two of my best friends attempted suicide two nights in a row, man, he, he came and rescued me with his love and broke yeah. down walls in my heart and I finally discovered what true love was. Wow. Like, come and see a man. And we're inviting people into this. And so, this is, this is, this is the deal, man. I'll, I, I, don't even, I can't even say, if I would try to summarize this in like points, if, if you guys are like points, people who want points, I'm, there, you got the message, but if there was, <laughs> if you wanted points, it's these three things. We gotta know God's heart for people. God, God wants the whole world. He wants your roommates. He wants your neighbors. And it's not like this crazy, like, like a bulldog kind of like. It's like, hey, want, let's just love them and let's share the supernatural encouragement of God and let's let's tell them our story, and let's see what God does with that. Let's let's get God's heart for the people around us. And and the second thing is that we gotta walk in the supernatural. This is the thing that that cuts the line that people can be like, well, I didn't. I don't know, how do I know if God's real? Well, how did I know those details about your life? I had never seen you in my life. I didn't look up on, you know, any kind of thing. Like, I don't know who you are. I've never seen you before, but the Lord just talked to you. Or, or hey, I don't know how your pain just disappeared out of your body. But that's, that's a sign and a wonder to let you know that God's real and He loves you. And the last thing is tell your story. Know the heart of God for people. Walk in the supernatural and tell your story. Your story, someone said this quote, and, and I, I think it's kind of cool. It, it says that uh, a man with an argument is at the mercy of someone with an experience. A man with an argument is at the mercy of someone who has an experience. Because you just can't shake it, man. It's like the blind man in John 9. He gets healed and everyone starts questioning him. He's like, well, okay, who did this? He'd be like, and they, they started getting all crazy. How did, they, how did he do this? And all of a sudden, he's like, dude, I don't know. I was blind and now I can see. That's all I know. You know like, I, like, that's all he said. And your story can be the same super simple thing. Some of us grew up in the church, but there was a moment where you encountered Jesus and he became real. That's G- like, like Rochelle, my wife grew up in the church and she, she literally grew up in this church, like literally grew up in this church. And the reality is, is that she actually grew up hating people. Like she grew up going to a Christian church, but she hated people. That's crazy right there. And, and she had a, she, there's, the, you can have it, there's a whole story to this, but she, she grew up hating people. But the reality was she, when she met Jesus, she walked away from God. And then she came back here in 2003, about the same time that I did. Praise the Lord. Hey. <laughs> and the presence of God touched her. And she met Jesus. And all of a sudden her hatred started melting away because she experienced perfect love. And you can't tell her that that didn't happen for her because it's her story and it's real. That happened, that happened. Because I, 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 you know, anyway, I, I know her. She's my wife. I know these, I know these things. <laughs> and so this is the deal. This is what I want to do as we close because I, I just feel like to encourage you guys, I feel like there, there's something about evangelism on us for this, even for this semester, a fall semester. Some of us, that word can 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 kind of intimidate us, and you know, I, I don't I don't know how to do this or whatever it is. But how simple it is to just share your story with people, you know what I mean? Like, and and hey, and it's actually really fun to actually go out with us on Thursdays and encourage people. It's so fun. People get so encouraged. It's like crazy. But I'm just saying, like, it's it's easier than you think, and and it actually works way more than you think it will work. Despite the rejections, we, we kind of have a secret thing. Like if we don't get rejected, then we're not really trying hard enough. You know, <laughs> it happens all the time. Like rejection is kind of like a medal. Like, yeah, I got a trophy of rejection. You know, like whatever. So here's what I want to do as we close. Um, I want to I want us to take we have like 10 more minutes and I want us to take a few minutes to to actually get in groups again. You can go in this, maybe the same groups that you were in before. Uh, I don't know. Did, we, was that, did that work out good? Because I, I didn't pay attention to how that worked out. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, I want to get us to get into some groups, and, uh, and I want us to actually practice sharing our story with people. I want us to, and like, like I'm talking about like three minutes. I'm not talking about like 30 minutes into it, you know what I mean, and you just got through like the first 10 years of your life. I'm not talking about that. Like, that's cool, but the reality is that's not going to work out there in your classroom. That's not going to work. You got to like whittle it down sometimes. You know, people ask you like, hey, so I noticed you go to church. You'd be like, oh, yeah, actually I did. When I was this, this happened, this happened, this happened. I can whittle mine down to 30 seconds, you know, like. But the thing is, is, is it's so important for us to be able to tell our story because how many of y'all realize this girl, it was one sentence she said, and an entire town came out to meet Jesus. Dude, that can actually happen today, man. I actually believe that the Lord can actually use you guys to reach an entire city. 
I believe that. If it happened for her, I believe it can happen for you. Because what? Well, the first thing we said in this message was the goodness of God has to get out there. And how can it get out there? It's the most simplest way is you're telling your story with somebody. And they receive it. They don't receive it. Whoever is thirsty, let them drink. It's not up to us once we tell the story. And God's going to do some stuff with the seeds that we plant in people's hearts. So um, let me just pray for you guys, and we'll break into groups, and, and uh, let's just share our stories together. Father, I thank you. Just, just God, I thank you that in this room tonight, and I thank you that, that you are stirring us up to share our faith, to share the goodness of God. It's not even just our faith. It's the goodness of God. And so, God, even in this place tonight, God, I thank you that, that your presence would just come. And maybe just, just for this like next 60 seconds, maybe just play, someone may just play so this a little music in the background just so we can just focus in for a second. Just literally like 90 seconds. Uh, God, I thank you in Jesus' name for your presence in this place tonight. And, and God, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would even speak to us right now on people that we could share our story with, whether it's a family member, whether it's a, a friend, whether it's a classmate, whether it's a roommate, whether it's someone in the dorms, whatever it is, Someone needs to know this goodness of God. And God, I thank you, Lord, that you would put it in our hearts, that you give us boldness for this. And God, I thank you for the mercy of Jesus in this place tonight. God, I thank you today is a day where where people are coming to Jesus. And God, just like you did for this woman, you showed her mercy and you showed her love and your kindness and you, and you do that for us tonight. If you're in this place and you don't actually know you're going to heaven when you die and you don't have, know that your sins are forgiven and you want to have a relationship with God and receive that mercy, that forgiveness tonight, I want to give you an opportunity. Just, just, just put your hand up right now, wherever you're at. I actually want to just give you an opportunity to just to accept that gift of forgiveness tonight. If that's you, just I'm only going to like wait more, about 30 more seconds. But before we go into this, if you're saying, actually, I need to receive that gift of forgiveness tonight. I want you just, just with every head bowed, I just want you to, to just, just put your hand up and say, yeah, you know what, that's me. I, I need to actually receive that gift for myself of forgiveness. I've, I've walked away from the Lord. I've, I've done some things. Amen. Amen. See there. Anyone else just wanted to say, you know what? Today is my day. I actually need to receive God's forgiveness for my own stuff. Like I actually kind of, you know, I, I maybe haven't done the exact same things as this woman in the story, but I actually feel kind of uh, ashamed of my past and my sins, but I need Jesus' mercy to forgive me tonight. Just about 15 more seconds if that's you tonight, and you need to just let Jesus wash you clean and forgive your sins tonight. Just, just put your hand up real quick so I know who I'm praying with tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Anyone else just want to say, that's me tonight? Thank you, Lord. Yeah, let's all say this together. And this is all together. This is our prayer to accept the mercy and the forgiveness of God. Just say this. Say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I come to you now. I come to you now. I ask you to forgive my sins. I ask you to forgive my sins. I receive your mercy. I receive your mercy and your love for me. And your love for me. Wash away my past. Wash away my past and all my sins. And all my sins. And I receive your forgiveness tonight. And I receive your forgiveness tonight. A brand new start. A brand new start. Thank you for accepting me. Thank you for accepting me. Just the way that I am. Just the way that I am. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, fill me up. thank you for your kindness in the room tonight. The message of goodness of God has to get out. Stir us up, Lord. Stir us up, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Just go ahead and turn to to the people around you, maybe just groups of about three or four. And uh, we're just going to take a few minutes just to share our stories with the people right there. You can turn the chairs. You can just do that. And we're just literally going to take just a few minutes, and then and then I'll come up here. But just three minutes of how how you met Jesus and what He's done for you, and and how you know what God has done for you. Let's just take a few minutes and share that, and then and then we'll we'll be gone, we'll be released for tonight.